Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Marnie's Friends, the online training show where experts share insights into aspects of life and leadership that take you from surviving to thriving ASAP. Right now, you are about to discover practical, doable success strategies to shorten your learning curve, increase your productivity, and skyrocket your delight in life. Be sure to thank today's guest by sharing this program via your favorite social media outlet and swing by Marnie.com and give me a shout out too. Now let's get going with today's episode of Marnie's Friends. Welcome, welcome. This is Marnie Swedberg. Excited to have you with us this afternoon for another edition of Marnie's Friends. And we also have a great guest today here, Lee Powers. And we're going to be talking today about friendly fire, how to handle hurtful situations initiated by Christians. During this hour, you're going to discover why we shouldn't be surprised when Christians, even our friends or family, hurt us, how to handle anger, rejection, loneliness, and frustration without sinning, a great response when barraged with petty complaints, what to do when the other party simply refuses to own their part of the problem, the critical role of honesty amidst assault, what to do when you feel like quitting, the most powerful response possible when bitterness looks inviting, and also strategies to heal from deep hurt and how to keep loving others in ministry. Lee Powers is our guest today. She's the author of a wonderful book called Renewed, a 40-day devotional for healing from church hurt and for loving well in ministry, Lee is a pastor's wife and the mother of three with 15 years of full-time ministry experience. She is passionate about helping women find hope and healing in God's word. And you can learn more about her over at her website, leepowers.com. You spell L-E-I-G-H powers.com. Welcome to you, Lee. Hi, thanks. I'm glad to be here today. Well, and it's so great to have you here, and this is a topic that we've actually, in all of these years, <laughs> never addressed on Marnie's Friends, even though I've prayed privately with Christians who have been so wounded um, by church situations and uh, deeply confused by how that could happen. I just remember myself at one point, I, I remember I was I remember where I was sitting. I was in a church in Florida, and my home was in Minnesota at the time, and I was sitting in a church in Florida uh, on a vacation, and the pastor was talking about the different uh, people who hurt us and how we can't understand how a Christian could act like that, and we were going through that ourselves just right at the time, and I just thought, how could they even be Christians? But they must be Christians because they had they had kids over their house and they came to Christ recently, you know, so how could they, you know, it was this kind of thing in my head. And um, he said, he said, I need you to think about our lives like a play, like a, a performance of a play. And in a play, you have different scenes and people come in and out of the, in and out of the spotlight. And, you know, the scenes change and the sets change. And that's how our lives are. Each of us have a life like that. And while part of our lives may be fully devoted to Christ and just, going gangbusters with God, another part of our life may have a dark side to it. That made a lot of sense to me, Lee, and it brought a lot of opportunity for me to forgive and heal and move on, but I know that you have worked with a lot of people, and I've seen it too, where that clarity isn't there, there isn't the ability to move on because they just can't comprehend what happened to them. How Mm -hmm. did you decide to write this book, Renewed? Well, this book started for me out of our own kind of painful experience. You know, we had... Mm -hmm a situation in our lives and ministry that may be kind of similar to what you were going through as you were sharing in your story. 
And, um, you know, out of that experience, uh, we went through just a period, we almost walked away from it. You know, I really thought about just leaving and saying, forget this, mm-hmm. we're just going to get a job somewhere else. And, but God really brought healing to me through that period and showed me some things about forgiveness and the power of blessing and really just getting his perspective on our hurt and learning to look to him as our healer instead of trying to look to other people and situations to fix us. Um, And then at the same time, I was hearing from other women and other ministry wives about stories that sounded really, really similar. And as we were going through all this, I was at a writer's conference, and God really just laid it on my heart not, not to waste my pain, that as he had brought me comfort, he wanted me to use that comfort to comfort others as well. And so I started writing the book, not really knowing if it would go anywhere, but God's opened doors from it. And I've really been excited to hear from women that are saying that, yes, this has helped them and it's encouraged them. So I'm excited mm-hmm. to see what God does through the book. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. So it's a wonderful topic, and it's not something we talk about a lot. Um, yeah. We don't yeah, it's, like it's to not. talk about it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, but God, of course, you know, when I read the Bible as as an author myself, you know, I always I always joke about, you know, that it must be God who wrote the Bible because nobody else would have laid the dirt out like he did, you know. Oh, yeah. And, uh, he, you know, all his, all his saints throughout history have had serious, serious trouble. So let's go mm-hmm. ahead and talk about, um, you know, why we shouldn't be surprised when Christians, even our own family or friends, hurt us. Well, you know, I think that's something we just need to prepare ourselves for. You know, when we start off in ministry, lots of times we start off, and I use the illustration, it's like we look at church through the stained glass windows. You know, we see the pretty side of ministry, and you dream about the lives you're going to change and the people you're going to see come to know the Lord, and then you get slapped in your face with the first round of church conflict, and you don't know what to do with it. Um yeah, what we've got to remember is that churches are made of a people, and not one of us is perfect. You know, I'm certainly not perfect. I've messed up, and, you know, we under- misunderstand things. We have bad days. We pick sites over little things to distract ourselves from bigger things, and sometimes we just sin. Um, you know, we are messy people, and we live and work among messy people. And when you live in the middle of a mess, sometimes you get hurt. Um I think the other thing that helps me to realize is that this really is not a new problem. Um, you know, sometimes we encounter these kinds of situations where we experience this painful side of ministry and we think we're the only ones or it's never happened before. But, you know, if you go back to the early church, um, you realize that as you read the New Testament, even in those early days, churches had issues and Christians had issues with one another sometimes. I mean, you know, Paul and Barnabas split their partnership after they couldn't agree on whether or not to take John Mark along with them in that second missionary journey. Um, you keep reading, you see the church at Galatia had accepted false teachers. Ephesus had rejected false teachers, but then they got legalistic. And then Corinth, I mean, gosh, that church was a mess all around. They were splitting into factions. They were fighting over spiritual gifts. They dragged one another into court. And Paul actually had to write them to tell them that, hey, you know, this guy who's sleeping with his father's wife, that's not something you need to be bragging about. Um, and so I think that helps us get some perspective, you know, realizing that there's no such thing as a perfect church and it never has been. If we continue ministry long enough, we're going to get hurt. We're going to encounter those painful situations. And sometimes we're going to be the ones who hurt others because we do blow it. What we've got to do is choose in advance how we're going to respond when these situations do happen. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love it. When you're talking about messy people and you're around them and you get hurt, I think people under construction and construction sites are just dangerous. You know, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, things can go wrong. You know? And that's where all living under construction, we really are. I was thinking, as you were talking too about God's goal for us is total dependence on him. And mm-hmm. of course, the more the more we have depended on people to provide our our you know affirmations, our uh, approval, whatever that we are seeking, um, the more likely we are to be severely wounded when someone lets us down, because they are right. human. They they really right. were not built to be God to us, and, right. and so God's 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 always just calling us back, calling us back to this sheer dependence on Him. The other thing is. God's grace is also our saving, our, our saving mercy because without, without experiencing um, the times when we've hurt someone mm-hmm. and received grace uh, from God to, over, to cover over our mistakes, we would never have the grace to cover over someone else's with love. Um, right. it's, it's a kind of a, a mixed package there. We receive grace when we mess up so that we can extend grace. Mm-hmm. when others mess up toward us. Right. Yeah. yeah, and our experience of grace helps us extend that to others. So, yeah, absolutely. Right. I love how you said, you know, he said, don't waste it. I have a friend who, I have a friend who, that's one of her favorite sayings is, God never wastes anything. Yeah. If we yield it to him. Yeah, something yeah. good can come out of no matter what you're going through. Yeah, love it. You know, you... um you, you used some interesting words, you know, anger, rejection, loneliness, frustration, and how to handle those without sinning. So um, let's talk about first, uh, you know, maybe the wrong, the wrong way to go about handling uh, the feelings of anger, rejection, loneliness, or frustration, and then what is the way that we can do it that it can actually be useful in God's kingdom? Okay. Well, yeah, I think the... You know, I, we are not always good at dealing with those hard kinds of emotions. Um, I think sometimes we have this mistake of thinking we're not supposed to have those kind of feelings. And so instead of dealing with them, we don't deal with them, really. We wind up stuffing them down, and so they just build and build and build until that pressure explodes somewhere else or you know, sometimes we try and talk ourselves out of feeling them. Well, I shouldn't feel this. You know, this is a bad feeling. I shouldn't be feeling this. And so, we again, we suppress it. Um, and then sometimes we handle it the wrong way, not by suppressing it, but by talking about it in the wrong way. Instead of going to somebody and trying to get, either going to the person and dealing with the situation or going to somebody for advice and counsel, we wind up talking to other people about what we're feeling in such a way that we triangle them and wind up just feeding the gossip machine and it just grows and grows and spreads and what was a small problem becomes a huge problem. Um, and so both suppressing it and then overanalyzing it or dwelling on it, you know, those are both negative reactions that can lead us into sin and can cause problems to magnify instead of dealing with them. So then, what what is a good way to do it? Well, what I really think we need to do is kind of take a step back and identify what we're feeling and why we're feeling it, and then talk to God about it. Um, especially when you're dealing with something like, say, anger. You know, anger I think is really a secondary emotion. And so, if I'm dealing with, if I'm feeling angry, I have to stop back and ask myself, okay, why am I feeling this way? And it may be that I'm angry 
because I'm actually feeling rejected and the anger is covering it. Um, or it may be that I'm angry because I felt betrayed in this situation and I have to go back to the root of it. And so really I might say something to God, like, hey, God, you know, it hurts that this relationship wasn't important enough for them to come talk to me about their concerns instead of gossiping behind my back. Or it might be, you know, God, I feel lonely right now because I don't have anybody I can call and talk to about this situation. And that makes me feel isolated and alone and like nobody cares. Or even, God, you know, I'm really angry and frightened right now because I don't understand why you're allowing this or what you're doing in this situation. And as we talk to God about our feelings, he gives us our perspective on it and helps us move forward. Um, And so I think the goal is really to seek his perspective. And as we do that, he takes us to his word and he shows us his promises and shows us, okay, well, maybe we're lonely, but he is our friend. Maybe we felt betrayed, but he is always faithful. You know, maybe we don't understand what he's doing, but we can know in our hearts that God is good and he is going to see us through this. And as he speaks to us through his word and he ministers to us through his spirit, it's as we go to him with it that he gives us the power to heal and to move forward. But we have to make that perspective shift of looking to Christ to be our healer and, as you said earlier, not looking to people or looking to situations because they can't be God for us. We've got to start looking first to him. Yeah. I consider it I consider it a grief. Um, when we are wounded, it's, you know, grief comes in all different sizes and shapes, yeah. forms and colors. But when we are wounded, um, it, is, it, it is something that makes us sad. It hurts. And mm-hmm. it's important to grieve it, to grieve it like mm-hmm. a loss. Um, you had expected some certain type of behavior or at least a certain level of respect or kindness or something, mm-hmm. and that was not provided to you. You feel that loss like a grief like a death of a dream or a hope or at least a mm-hmm. small expectation. And to grieve it is, is really what's required. And, and, you know, the Bible talks about there's a kind of grief that is different from how the world does it. And that's kind of right. what stands us apart from non-Christians is that we have a way to deal with our grief that is actually amazing. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. run it all to Jesus and let his, let his um, love, cover a multitude of sins, let his love heal us, bind up our wounds, and, you know, let us go forward. I, I, I know you've, I'm sure, experienced this too, Lee, personally, but I have personally just found that going directly to Jesus with the wound and just saying, talk mm-hmm. to me about this from your perspective mm-hmm. is amazing. A lot of times yeah. I just become aware that the person who was doing the wounding or the group that was doing the wounding was just really confused about a certain point of information or possibly mm-hmm. hurting themselves right then. Hurting people hurt people. Um, and and so when we talk to Jesus about it and let him share his perspective with us, it changes our whole situation in mm-hmm. that we are still sad and hurt, but it isn't the same as the full-blown attack that we thought it was, the premeditated right. evil <laughs> that we felt right. like it was at the time. Yeah, even yeah. if it was, even if it was that, yeah. even if it was premeditated yeah. evil. Right, yeah. Right. That brings a whole new dimension. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so good. Yeah. Well, this is Marty Swedberg visiting with Lee Powers today of LeePowers.com. We're going to take a little break and come right back and talk about a great response when barraged with petty complaints, as well as what to do when the other party refuses to own their part of the problem. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. 
leaders across America rely on womensevents.info to find the major Christian women's events coming to their area. Womensevents.info is the only online directory of its kind featuring all the upcoming major Christian women's events. You are invited to search for events coming near you or to add your own major Christian women's events. Everything's easy and accessible over at womensevents.info. That's www.womensevents.info. Hey, and welcome back. This is Marnie Sledberg. Happy to have you along with us this afternoon. We're talking about Friendly Fire, how to handle hurtful situations initiated by Christians. Our guest today is Lee Powers, author of Renewed, a 40-day devotional for healing from church hurt and for loving well in ministry. Lee, let's talk a little bit about a great response when barraged by petty complaints. And I, you know, I was thinking earlier, too, uh, you're speaking from a perspective of a pastor's wife, and I'm a lay person. I'm, I'm in ministry, but I'm not in a church uh, a ministry position. And so I think we can both relate to this. Everybody listening, I'm sure, can relate to being barraged with petty complaints, whether it's from Mm -hmm. your children or from whoever. Um, But what is a great response when people are just coming at you, coming at you, coming at you with all these, you know, minutiae? Right. Well, you know, a pastor's wife friend of mine likes to say that we need to be ducks instead of cats. So, you know, if you throw water (laughs) at a cat, if you throw water at a cat, the cat gets offended and stalks off. But if you throw water mm-hmm. at a duck, then the duck kind of looks surprised for a minute and just goes on about its business. Um, yeah. So sometimes we've got to be ducks. <laughs> we've got to just learn to let things roll off us and just keep on going. Um, well, yeah, but, that's you know, hilarious. Some, that's, actually, yeah. that's actually something that I've said for years. Uh, just when I get hurt, I'm like, be a duck, be a duck, be a duck, be a duck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because actually, you know, the thing is that the, there's such a clear difference. There's such a beautiful picture because a duck actually does get bombarded with rain just like every other every oh, other yeah. creature. But a duck just has this way of letting it roll right off, you know? It's just yeah. built to let it roll off. And it's just such a great yeah. picture. Go ahead. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, you know, and so we can say, okay, we're going to be ducks. But, you know, sometimes it gets to us. I mean, every once in a while, you know, things get thrown at us, and sometimes they, they get through. And so, you know, when it does, you know, I find that really what's helpful for me is remembering who God is and then remembering who he's called me to be. Um, you know, Jesus dealt with that kind of stuff all the time. I mean, the Pharisees were constantly on him about who he ate with or whether he healed on the Sabbath or whether or not his disciples had washed their hands before they ate. Um, and, you know, then you know, the disciples themselves were at each other arguing about who was the greatest. And yet, you know, Jesus was so patient. <laughs> and he was rock solid in his identity and his calling. You know, he knew God had sent him. He knew what his mission was, that to redeem the world. And he knew he wasn't called to be a king. He wasn't called, you know, to be these other things they kept trying to put on him. And I think that helped him get dis- keep get him. Yeah, I'm sorry. That helped keep him from getting distracted by all the pettiness. Um, mm-hmm. And so when we know who God's called us to be, then that grounds us and it helps filter out the distractions so we can stay focused on our mission. Um, yeah. And then we yeah. can even just say the just say the phrase, oh, "Jesus, I know you've been here. <laughs> you've been oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah." And then you know the other thing is, I think sometimes we've got to lean into the relationship a little bit. Um, now that's kind of the opposite of what I want to do because when I'm dealing with all this pettiness, sometimes I just kind of say, "Oh, enough! I just want to get away from this." 
But you know, in ministry, loving people, sometimes we've kind of got to lean in and see what's going on with somebody. Because, I mean, you know, there are people who just like to complain. You know, They can't see a silver lining without going looking for the cloud around it somewhere. But sometimes that kind of constant dripping of criticism and complaints means that there's something going on in somebody's life. And so, you know, as ministers, we've got to have the discernment and the patience to press deeper and say, here, you know, I hear you talking about this, but it kind of sounds to me like something else is going on. Is there something we need to talk about? Um, And being willing just to press into that a little bit and be patient with them to dig deeper and see, okay, what really is the heart issue going on? So we can minister to them at the point of need instead of getting distracted by the surface stuff that they're throwing up and but sometimes it's a cry for help. I know sometimes, and this does not always work, um, actually, when you have someone who is kind of hostile right in the moment. Um, right. I have found that to wait until the the um, rage settles a little bit works better. But sometimes this works really well is just to say, you know, before we keep talking about this, can we just pray about it a couple minutes? Right. And, mm-hmm. and just... If, I find that going to prayer kind of brings us onto a level playing field at the foot of the cross, which is right. where Jesus, you know, died and and took all of our sin, and now we're just all forgiven sinners. And uh, so, so prayer, you know, prayer changes things too there, and and it does. It is a way to allow the other person to tell their side of the story, also without me being so self defensive. You know, um, mm-hmm. it 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 breaks down my barriers to listening to their heart as well as allows them to hear mine. So that's really cool. What do you do when, okay, you've talked, oh, they've heard, but they just, it is your problem. They didn't have any part of it. They are not going to ask for forgiveness. Um, what do you recommend people do in that situation? Okay. Well, yeah, I really say that when they're not owning the problem, um, you have to forgive them anyway. Um you know, I we confuse sometimes reconciliation and forgiveness, and they're two separate issues. Um, mm-hmm. Forgiveness is really about us and God. It's taking care of our own hearts and getting rid of the mess and laying things aside so God can come in and heal us. Reconciliation is a restoration of the relationship, and that requires both people. The forgiveness is taking care of our own hearts before God so we're not hanging on to bitterness and hurt. And so even when somebody is not owning their own part of the problem, they're insisting, no, it's all you, it's not me, we still have to take care of, on our own parts, forgiving them. Um, and, and we kind of touched on this earlier, but what really has helped me in that was learning to look to Christ for healing. Because a lot of times when we're hurt, we make that mistake of thinking that it's the other person's job to come fix us. You know, if they will just say that they're sorry or they will just come make restitution or even if we somehow see them get what's coming to them because sometimes we want revenge, we want to see them get punished, mm-hmm. that sometimes we think that if we see them say this or do this, that it's going to make us better and it's going to make the hurt go away. And it just it doesn't work that way. Um, that's asking them to do something that is not their job and it's not their job to heal up our heart wounds. That's what Jesus does for us. Christ is our healer. And so we have to learn to release people from that expectation. We really repent from that and instead focus on who Christ wants to be to us. You know, our wholeness doesn't depend on other people. Our wholeness depends on Jesus. And so regardless Mm -hmm. of what they do or don't do, we can still forgive and be healed and be made whole because of what Christ does for us. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I know years ago I went through some, well, a really difficult um, situation and the other person was not going to ask for forgiveness and I couldn't move on. I, I remember being very stuck and it was a while. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't happen yeah. in a couple days. And uh, I just kept going back to God and I'm like, well, I don't understand because you don't just willy-nilly give forgiveness to people who don't ask for it. You require mm-hmm. people to ask for it. So how come, how come I should forgive without her coming to ask for forgiveness? And you know what the Holy Spirit showed me in that, in that moment when I asked that question? I think I finally understood what my problem was, why I couldn't forgive her. And um, he just showed me, he said, yeah, but Marty, when, I, when someone comes to God for forgiveness through Jesus Christ, he doesn't have to think about it. He doesn't have to drag him through the mud first. He doesn't mm-hmm. have to decide whether he's going to forgive. Forgiveness is already extended. It is simply a matter of whether they're going to receive it or not. His right. forgiveness is complete and thorough. Before, mm-hmm. before I was ever born, his forgiveness mm-hmm. to me was complete and thorough. There came a moment where I understood that and received it and asked for it. You know, asked for it, received it. But before that, his forgiveness was fully extended to me. And so that's why we can also fully extend forgiveness to someone who isn't even interested in recognizing that they need to be forgiven. Right. Right. And, and yeah. I think, too, as we, as we look at the cross, you know, Jesus, you know, his atonement paid for all sins. He paid for the sins that we mm-hmm. committed, and it paid for sins that people have committed against us, too. And so I think we can look at that and say, okay, Jesus, you are sufficient. <laughs> I can forgive right. because you have forgiven me. And your the cross stands between us, and so I don't have to look at them and expect payment from them. You are enough, and your sacrifice is sufficient, and I can forgive because of the grace and forgiveness you have offered me. Mm-hmm. I like what we were talking about just a few minutes ago too about standing in who we are in Christ. Right. You know, even if everyone in the entire world ganged up against me, Jesus right. would still on my team because I am his. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, we right. are safe and, and we are loved and there mm-hmm. is hope for us no matter what's happening on the external. So beautiful. Right. Lee, we're going to yeah. take a short break, you guys. We're going to come right back and talk about the critical role of honesty amidst an assault and what to do when you feel just like quitting. We'll be right back. ready to experience your best life possible and share biblical success principles with others? Register for the SPI Coach Certification Program today. SPI or S-P-I stands for Success Principles Intensive. It's a six-hour online program that equips you to fully comprehend and train biblical success principles. You can check it out today over at Marnie.com. It's available as part of the mentorship program, or you can buy it as a standalone certification program. Learn more now at Marnie.com. That's M-A-R-N-I-E.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg. We're talking about friendly fire today, how to handle hurtful situations initiated by Christians. And our guest is author and speaker Lee Powers of LeePowers.com, L-E-I-G-H, Powers.com. Lee, let's go ahead and dive into the critical role of honesty amidst an assault. Uh, first of all, um, I love... I love that this is part. This is part of what has to happen here, <laughs> because when you are being assaulted, 
really all that we can think about is how to stop the pain. That's, that's mm-hmm. you know, our whole entire focus is make it stop. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so how do you, you know, how do you make this all happen at once? Well, you know, it's hard to do at once and hard to do in the moment, you know, and that's, you know, I find when I'm in the middle of the conversation, I don't always do it well in the middle of it. I have to go back and get some perspective and then sometimes come back for a second conversation and say, okay, let's let's talk a little bit more about what happened and so we can get to some reconciliation on this. But I think as far as being honest amidst an assault, you know, it's it's important just to be honest with ourselves and others about what we're feeling. Because like you said, we want it to stop. And so sometimes we just want to cut to the part where we say, oh, okay, well, it doesn't matter. It wasn't a big deal. We can just move on. But, you know, forgiveness is not saying that what happened didn't hurt or that it didn't matter. Because if it didn't hurt or didn't matter, we wouldn't have anything to forgive, right? We have to be honest about what's happened and able to process it and move forward. And then we've also got to be honest about our own part in the situation because sometimes our responses are as much of a problem as whatever the other person did. And so we have to be willing to own up to that. Um, And I think, again, that's where, as we've been talking about, going back and getting God's perspective on the problem and asking him what he thinks and what he says about the situation helps us both be honest about what we're feeling and honest about how we may have contributed um, to the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like that part at all. Um, that yeah. I usually have contributed to the situation in some way, shape, or form, and it's not always true. Obviously, Jesus did not deserve to die on the cross, right? Um, right. And so, it is not always the case that someone has contributed to their own torment or whatever. Um, so surely, there are many situations where that's not the case. But usually, usually mm-hmm. there is either a misunderstanding or something there. And I, re- I remember right. my mother-in-law te- teaching me this. She was a church secretary for many years. And, uh-huh. You know, and she said that she had really come to come to believe that usually when there were disagreements between people, there were things on both sides. Even if one side was way bigger and worse than the other side, there were usually things on both sides. And she had just made a commitment to always ask God, what was my part in this? And I really just mm-hmm. loved that advice. You know, what was my part in this? Do I have a part mm-hmm. in this? And I think we're pretty right. blind to our own part unless we ask for some outside help from God. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, and I think something that's helpful is some advice I got several years ago, which is when you're dealing with this kind of thing, to take a piece of paper and fold it in half, and then on one side list you know, everything that the other person did. And then on the other half side of the paper list, okay, now when they did this, this is how I responded. Then fold that paper back in half and just look at your side of the list and say, okay, Lord, what did I honor you in my responses to this? <laughs> or is there something I need to make right looking at my side of it? And sometimes going through an exercise like that does help us kind of say, okay, yeah, I own this too. And like you said, you know, there there are times when it's it's not your fault. You know, as a victim, it is not your fault. But when we're dealing with the kind of everyday pettiness and stuff that stirs up in churches sometimes, a lot of times we are part of the situation. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and it's all training ground. I, I guess that's one of the things I really love. We are supposed to be thankful in everything, but not necessarily for everything. But right. But you can just remember that you are going to use 
even this, and I, I like to use that phrase, even this. And you're going to use even this, no matter what it is, mm-hmm. for good, because I am committing it to you. You're going to mm-hmm. use even this for my good. And so then we ha- actually have this um, real freedom to pursue what God would want us to do in this situation, since he is going to be using even this for good. And, and right. it, changes, it changes the whole picture of, mm-hmm. of the experience from a hopeless mess that is impossible and will never be resolved most likely to something mm-hmm. that's just, you know, part of, part of our Christian experience as we walk through. Now, I think, um, you know, we maybe want to just for a moment go back up to, you know, why it should surprise us that Christians hurt us, even our family and friends. And every morning when I put on the spiritual armor, I take up the shield of faith and I put that out in front of me. And now mm-hmm. I'm behind that shield. And the people who are back here with me are Christians. <laughs> We're mm-hmm. all behind the right. same shield of faith in God, right? Right. So I, when I started putting on the armor every day, I'm like, so if I'm behind the shield, how come I need all this armor? <laughs> you, know, you got the helmet of salvation <laughs> and you got all this stuff. Yeah. And what, what I understood was this a lot of times for friendly fire, that mm-hmm. this is actually that the breastplate of righteousness and the belt of truth in the moment, what is really going on here, and the shoes of peace, no matter what's happening to us, no matter who's attacking us, a lot of times that is coming from behind the lines of our own, in our own camp. And we mm-hmm. should not be surprised by that. It, it is just going to happen. And to recognize that and to be willing to just lay it out there before God and say, please just show me what is my part in this. And I, I want right. to, I want to do whatever you need me to do. It's fun too mm-hmm. because a lot of times, um, a lot of times you'll have something for me to do. Other times there won't be anything for me to do. I'm just supposed to wait. I'm in a mm-hmm. situation right now where I'm just supposed to wait. Just stand still, yeah. and I will fight for you. You know, it, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't need to be anything in particular. What it needs to be is whatever God wants it to be that time. Right. Right, and sometimes those waiting times are the hardest times because we want to run in and fix it ourselves instead of waiting mm-hmm. for God to work things through in his time. But sometimes he's working on the other person's heart, and we just have right. to wait and be patient and let him do his job so we can you know, get to that point of reconciliation or whatever he has in store for us. Yeah, I remember moving from a large city where everything is fast and all fast pace and everything to a small town, and and I kept hearing people say, "Well, Marnie, sometimes sometimes time just heals wounds. You just have to give it some time." And I'd think, "No, it doesn't. Time never heals wounds. <laughs> uh, you know, that's not what heals wounds. Time is not what heals wounds." But right. What I learned was there's there's a lot of wisdom in that. Um, in that when you're trying to push everything and make it go faster and get it all done and check it off your list and move on mm-hmm. and everything's perfect. You know, God really needs more time. You know, just like a baby, you you wouldn't say to a pregnant woman, come on, hurry up, you've been doing this for five months already, when's that baby coming? You know, you right. would never do that because a baby takes nine months. And with our mm-hmm. with our growth processes, they all take different amounts of time, and we don't know how much time it takes. And so we just have to be patient and let God do his thing. You know, you're talking about running ahead and getting in there and getting it done, but there's also sometimes this feeling that we want to quit. We just want to give up and throw in the towel. Like, I have had it with this. So what about those kind of times? Um, yeah, you know, there are those seasons. Um, you know, I've met more than one pastor who says he keeps his resignation letter in his drawer, and Monday mornings he pulls it out and looks at it and is like, okay, never mind it because I'm back in the drawer for another week. Um <laughs> 
you know, there's, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's just those times, you know, I mean, there's been days, you know, I thought, you know, working at Walmart sounds good. I can hand out the shopping cart to the front of the store and smile at people. They seem to be happy, all, you yeah. know. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think, I think for me, sometimes we get in that place where we want to quit because what we really need is to rest. Um, you know, God gives us the Sabbath for a reason, but, you know, ministers are some of the worst people in the world about taking a Sabbath. Um, sometimes it's because on, you know, Sundays we are working because <laughs> we're involved in church life so much, whether you're as a lay person or whether you're on staff, you know, that's, that's a work day for you. Um, but, you know, whether you're in ministry or you're working, you know, a regular job or you're a mom with small children at home, you know, we need we need Sabbath. We need breaks and rest and we have to find ways to build those moments into our lives so we are living with margin and we've got time to rebuild and renew. You know, recreation when you break it down says recreation. And God gives us those rest times so he can recreate us. That's when he works those healing times in our hearts. That's when he works for our growth and speaks to us what we need for the next season. Um, so a lot of times I'll encourage women in ministry, whether they're you know on staff at a church or involved in leadership or you know married to the minister, to go find a getaway church, you know, uh, find somewhere if you can with a Saturday night or a weekend service or even a church that has conferences and things a lot where you can go and not have to be on stage and not have to be on performance or thinking about your list of people you need to talk to and prayer requests you have to remember and the things you've got to get done. So you can just go and rest and worship without being in charge of anything. Um you know, I find for me that those times of just resting in God's presence are important, and I find it's often through rest that He gives me a new perspective and the courage to keep on. Um, so, in those times we feel like quitting, I think a lot of times it's a sign we do need us to step back and let God minister to us. You know, we read Psalm 23 a lot as if the Lord is your shepherd or the Lord is their shepherd. Sometimes we need to back up and read it. Okay, the Lord is my shepherd, mm-hmm. and that's his heart. He wants to shepherd me, and we need to step back and let him do it. Yeah, and that rest piece is so critical, and it is truly missed by so many. I mean, I just never I never did it at all until uh, 1997. God just got a hold of me and said, you have to rest one day a week, and I just made a commitment at that point. I really believe I'd be dead right now. If, yeah. if he hadn't oh, yeah. done that, um, uh, I, I could not have done uh, the intensity of the last 14 years without that, and God knew that. Um, I didn't know it, but God knew it. The other thing is uh, that sometimes when we want to quit, it's because God is really literally repositioning us. He's, he's like saying, yeah. it is time for you to move along. There is that mm-hmm. side to it. But when it's just burnout, when you feel mm-hmm. burned out, that's usually not yeah. how God moves us from place to place. He, he more tendency is to um, keep the, keep the fire going, but have a, have a desire to move. Um, the burnout comes when we, when we've tended to run on our own fuel. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. when we burn out. Yeah. We've run out of gas now and we don't have any more gas. And so we are burned out and it's really important to step back and say, which of the two is happening to me mm-hmm. here? Am I, 
burned out because God has finished the work here and he's no longer Mm -hmm. providing the energy for me to do this? Or am I feeling burned out because I've been going on my own fuel and I have to go back and and get gas from Jesus? So those are really important to just take take into consideration. When I think of all of these things we've talked about so far today, um, it, it really does, there is there is a point when it just is painful and bitterness just seems like maybe an okay way to go. And maybe we don't even call it bitterness. Maybe we just call it, you know, a deep hurt that I'll always feel toward this person or these people. You know, I just don't know if I'll ever get over this deep hurt. Um, what do you recommend for someone who's just carrying around a deep hurt, a bitterness, and they just really don't really see any way to let it go? Right. Well, you know, the, you know, I can really point like to the moment I think God kind of unlocked this for me and started teaching me about this. And I was in my kitchen one day and, you know, the, the thing I tell people is I don't really like to cook. Um, I really, that's not my thing. Um, but I like to bake. And so sometimes I'll do things like I'll make a big batch of cinnamon rolls and I'll give them to Sunday school teachers or to scout leaders or you know, to whoever I just want to do a little extra gifted appreciation to. And so this one day I was in my kitchen. I'm in there and I'm rolling out the dough and, you know, spreading on the butter and scattering the cinnamon sugar. And, you know, my mind was wandering. And on one half of my brain, I'm thinking about the people that I'm going to give, you know, these cinnamon rolls to. And then on the other half of my brain, I was thinking about the week that had just gone by. And it was one of those weeks that really just had more than a share of drama in it. And so I was thinking about the people that had involved in all the mess. And at some point as I'm doing this, I started realizing that some of the same names are on both those lists. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And so right then I had a choice because my thought was, okay, I'm just going to slap some tinfoil down the top of these cinnamon rolls and shove them in my freezer and keep them because these people do not deserve my cinnamon rolls right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, you know, I have good cinnamon rolls. They're not getting them. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I know that's a great reaction, but that was where I was. And, and God really spoke to me in that moment, and he brought a verse to my mind from Romans 12. And it's, in Romans twelve fourteen says, Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Um, and it goes on to say later in that passage, If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you'll heat burning coals on his head. Don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And what I really felt the Lord speaking to me in that moment was to choose blessing. But instead of staying in the hurt and the bitterness, he wanted me to choose to bless these people just gracefully, regardless of whether or not they deserved it, regardless of whether or not they were sorry. He wanted me to bless them. Um and I've come to understand through that and that blessing is the antidote to bitterness. You know, when we're hurt, a lot of times our response is to judge or accuse the other person. We want to say, well, that's just the way they are. You know, she's never going to change. She is just mean. She is just a liar. That's how they are. But God invites us not to do that, that rather than judging to bless them, deliberately doing good to them. Now, that does not mean putting ourselves in danger or letting ourselves be doormats. You know, I think boundaries are a form of blessing. Um, but doing what we can safely and sanely do to show kindness to people. And for me, that really starts with prayer. 
you know, I pray for their families. I pray for God to work in their lives. I pray for them to repentant, and um, I pray for them to have hearts that are seeking truth because you know, repentance is a blessing. Kindness is a blessing. And then as God gives us opportunity, you know, you show kindness. Maybe you give them the cinnamon rolls. Um, but what happens is that blessing keeps us from building up those walls around our hearts that do lead us to bitterness. Instead, it opens us up so we can heal, so God can continue to come in and work in us and work through us. And, you know, sometimes I think blessing is the tool that God uses to bring others to repentance and move them towards reconciliation because they see that we are not dishing out what they have given to us. Instead, we are choosing to continue to offer kindness and grace and blessing to them. We're still letting God love them through us no matter what they've done. You know, blessing brings God's power to bear in our circumstances, and I think that's always a good thing. Beautiful. This is Marnie Swedberg. We're visiting today with Lee Powers of LeePowers.com. We're going to come right back and talk about some strategies to heal and how to keep loving others in ministry after you've been wounded. We'll be right back. ever need a guest speaker or maybe you're a speaker who's available to go check out womenspeakers.com the largest online directory of christian women speakers in the world since 2002 connecting thousands of planners with over 1300 speakers speakers are available to you from every state denomination experience level and fee range you simply search when you have time anytime day or night and connect directly with the speakers that interest you no middlemen no hidden fees it's all simple easy enjoyable and online check it out today at womenspeakers.com that's www.womenspeakers.com Welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg, and you're joining us at Marnie's Friends with a program called Friendly Fire, How to Handle Hurtful Situations Initiated by Christians. Our guest today, Lee Powers, is the author of a great book called Renewal, or Renewed, sorry, a 40-day devotional for healing from church hurt and for loving well in ministry. Lee, during this last segment, we're going to talk about some strategies to help us heal as well as how to keep loving others in ministry. So why don't you go ahead with the first one you have there? Well, yeah, I've touched on this some already, but I think for me, you know, the most important thing we can do when we're hurting is learn to look to God for our healing. Um, you know, again, you know, for me, that's just a process of telling God about what hurts and what happened and getting his perspective on it. And, um, you know, God leads me to Scripture and helps me get his perspective on the situation, shows me who he wants to be. Um, well, and I, I, think, find I think the most, the most, yeah, the most important part about looking to God for our healing um, before any of the other things you're going to recommend that we do here is right. because, honestly, sometimes no matter what we do, the other person will not ever um, come to a point of, of satisfying our need mm-hmm. for restoration or something. I mean, right. it's just it's just so often that a, a human cannot fix it, <laughs> even though they right. it, they can't fix it. And so going to God first and just looking to him for our healing, then we're in a different position where we're able mm-hmm. to receive whatever they're able to give, even if it's nothing. Right. And, um, you know, as so we're willing to do that, then I think he helps us, you know, walk through that process of forgiveness. And, you know, in the book I talk about, what I call the five steps of forgiveness, um, you know, which again kind of involve looking to Christ 
um, for our healing, learning to name what it is, um, and praying for the other person, and choosing blessing. Um, all those things are kind of part of that process, giving up of revenge, but walking through that steps and those process are, you know, part of the ways that um, one strategy that we can use to heal from our hurt and keep loving others in ministry. Because um, as long as we're holding on to that hurt, if we're going to have longevity in ministry, we've got to forgive so Christ can heal us and we can move forward. If we're holding on to the pain, then it just shackles us and really prisons us and keeps us from moving forward. You know, and so looking to God, walking through the process of forgiveness, you know, those are all important steps. But um, I also think it's important as we move forward to find somebody that you can talk with, you know, that trusted friend or spiritual advisor that can help you work through the situation and ask you questions and help you get perspective and you know, figure out what you need to do to move forward. Um, and really that's something a lot of us need to work on. I, you know, LifeWay Research did a study last year on ministry spouses that found that 69% of ministry spouses don't have a close friend they can confide in about the really important matters in life. And that's you know, ministry wives or people married to ministers, but you can see similar statistics out there for people who are in ministry. Um, and you know, that's really a problem. Uh, ministry can be isolating, but we still need people in our lives who can understand, who can listen, and who are willing to speak truth into our lives. Um, you know, I know it's hard and it may feel scary because sometimes when you're in ministry life, you've been burned in that friendship area before. But, you know, I really believe God knows our needs in this area, that he doesn't want us to be, you know, lone wolves. He wants us to be in community and have the blessings of friendship. And he's willing to help us meet those needs when we ask him to and prayerfully look for those people he's put in our lives that can be that kind of soul friend for us. So, you know, developing those relationships and leaning on, on them are one thing that we can use as a strategy and a tool to help us heal when we encounter ministry hurt. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, and then I think, too, that when we keep loving others, a lot of the times it really comes down just to a choice. Um, you know, I've been reading in Joshua this week where Joshua challenges the people of Israel who to serve and tells them that no matter what, he and his family are going to serve the Lord. In the same way, I think we can kind of make a choice in ministry that predetermines our decisions um, because we do face spiritual attack. And, you know, I think Satan just loves to come into little misunderstandings in our friendships, our relationships, or our churches and blow them up into huge, big divisions. And he just sits back and laughs when all this happens. Um And we can choose to say, you know, no matter what Satan throws my way, I am not going to quit. I'm not going to give in to bitterness. I'm not going to let hurt imprison me or keep me from reaching out. I will choose to keep loving people like Jesus did. And then having made that choice, we rely on God to give us the power through his spirit to carry it out. Because in the end, you know, it's really his power and love that make it all possible. But we have to determine in ourselves, okay, yes, there's going to be these painful moments. There's going to be these painful situations. But I'm not going to let that make me give up. I'm going to choose to keep loving because Jesus kept loving and he gives me the power to love others because his love flows through me. And so it's mm-hmm. sometimes it's a matter of that commitment and just that resolve within ourselves that we're going to be faithful no matter what happens. Yeah. I think about Moses and, I mean, the people of Israel had given him 
so many reasons oh, yeah. to not love them yeah. anymore. <laughs> yeah. They just were always a problem. There's always one problem after another, and it was always his fault. And yeah, right. he's up on the mountainside with God, and God's like, I'm going to wipe them out. And Moses says, no, 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 wipe me out and let them live. You know, and yeah. this love that was so crazy, crazy love. Oh, yeah. Like, how could he have that much love for those people who were such a hassle to him every single day? You know, but then you think about Jesus on the cross, and they're killing him, and he looks down at the guards. Who knew what they were doing when they were nailing him to the tree? They knew they were nailing him to the tree. And he, he gets up there, and he says, you know, God, have mercy on them, for they don't even know what they're doing. And that that line right there has actually helped me um, be able to come to forgiveness sometimes when it looks a lot like people knew exactly what they were doing, like they knew how badly that mm-hmm. would hurt me, and yet they chose to do it anyway. But somehow mm-hmm. Jesus was aware of the reality that what looks so clear to us is not so clear mm-hmm. to them. Like he knew he was God. He knew he was innocent. He knew, you know, he knew yeah. all those things, but they actually didn't. They actually didn't mm-hmm. know. Um, and they were actually doing what they thought was nailing a criminal to the cross. And so Mm -hmm. when other people hurt us to just say, you know, I just choose to forgive you. I don't really think you know what you're doing right now. I think if you Mm -hmm. had all the facts, you wouldn't be doing this right now. You know, if you had the love of God, if you had all the facts, you wouldn't be hurting me like this right now. I forgive you. I choose to forgive you. And to have faith that God can bring something good out of this. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. This has just been such a great hour, Lee. Thank you so much. Let's talk a little bit about your 40-day devotional. So this is a book that people can do individually or with a group and kind of describe what it's like inside the book. Okay. Yes, there are 40 devotions in the book, and it's divided into um, four sections, each with 10 devotions each. And it kind of walks you through a process of starting with lament and then letting go of the hurt, um, looking up to God for healing, and then finally choosing to love the church again. Um, and so each day's devotion, there's kind of what I call a snapshot story. It's a moment or an experience um, from somebody in ministry. See, some of them are my story. Some of them are other women in ministry. But they've had these you know, painful or you know, clarifying moments. And so it's a story based on that. And then a scriptural response. And then it closes with a prayer and a few questions for contemplation you could use for journaling or um, you know, just to think about it a little bit more deeply. Um, but you know this, the structure of the book, and what I hope is that women will read the book, you know, starting in that painful place, but by the end of the book, be able to move forward into healing and choosing to keep loving and choosing um, to let God use them. And about how long does each daily devotional take to do? Um, I try to keep them short because I know women are busy, so I would say each day would be maybe ten, fifteen minutes just of reading. Um, I wanted to be something you could kind of pick up and and read and then go on about your day in short bites. Excellent, excellent. Would you be willing to share with us the five steps of forgiveness that you mentioned earlier? Yes, I'm trying to go back to them and find them real quick so I can, because I don't want to (laughs) list them wrong. Um, So, you know, I really think it starts by acknowledging the pain. Um, as we've talked about, just being able to say, okay, God, this is what hurts, and this is why it hurts. Then we ask for God's um, perspective and ask him to open our eyes to it, um, to how, see things as he sees it. Um, then we have to release our right to revenge and our right um, 
interest. Um, so we have to release our right to payment and accept Christ's payment in the place. Um, we look to Christ for healing, and then we choose just we choose to bless them. Um, and so in that process of you know, looking to Him, um, getting His perspective, releasing our right to payment and revenge, um, inviting Christ in to heal, and then choosing to bless, that's kind of the process I see as being the steps of forgiveness. Mm, beautiful. I've got um, a big bold on my notes here. Blessing is the uh, antidote to bitterness, and I just love that. It's it's catchy and memorable, and it's also obviously powerful and true. So that's just beautiful. Do you have a favorite Bible verse? Do you have a theme verse for life? Um, you know, it's hard to pick just one because there's different verses <laughs> um, <laughs> right. for every season. You know, that um, Romans twelve fourteen I mentioned earlier, that's been one that I've come back to a lot. It's just, um, you know, choosing... You know, choosing to bless, um, blessing and do not cursing. So that's been something I've come back to a lot this last season. Well, great. Well, it's so great to have you here. If people go over and visit your website, what are they going to find there? The website is leepowers.com, leepowers.com. What do they find when they get there? Okay, well, that is my website, and you'll see my latest blog posts that are up. There is also a chance for people to, um, by joining my email list, you can download a free little ebook I've got on forgiveness that kind of unpacks those five steps and talks about how we apply them. You can find information about the book, uh, Renewed, and where to order it. And you can also find information if you want to invite me to come speak to your church or your women's group, um, you know, ladies' retreat. And my speaking information is on the page as well. Awesome, and you also do some writing and editing services. So that's that's so. Are you a are you a ghostwriter yes. at all? You are. Yes, I do Very some ghostwriting. Cool. So. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, so grateful that you could be with us today. Thank you, Lee. Okay, thank you very much. I enjoyed it. And thank you all for being here. It is so great to have you with us every Wednesday afternoon live here at Marnie's Friends on Block Talk Radio, as well as our syndicate stations and at the player boxes all over the web. And if you would like to have a player box on your website, it's easy to do. Just go to uh, marniesfriends.com and link through to Block Talk Radio. And right there, you'll have the option to have a station right on your uh website as well so people can listen live or to the archives that I think you can pick either if it's going to show four or six of the past shows and these are all training shows for people in ministry leadership whether you're a speaker, an author, a a trainer, a manager, a leader of any kind, a women's ministry leader, event planner, all kinds of stuff plus just basic live training. So just hope that you program as well as they're willing to share it with others And thanks to all of you who listen to the archives are over at Stitcher and um, iTunes as well. So grateful to have you as part of Mike and his family. And I wish you a wonderful rest of the day. In fact, Scott, I'm just going to pray right now for our listeners and just ask that you would encourage them and help them, bless them. Uh, Help that their rest of their day would be just absolutely awesome and that wherever they're feeling the need to forgive someone, that you would just help them to be able to make that choice to just release their pain to you, release their desire for revenge or for payback to you, and receive everything they need from you so that they can go on and heal this broken relationship. Thank you for your love and for forgiving us. We need your grace. We can't survive without your grace. Thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Until next time, have a great day. Bye-bye.